This is a new podcast series called Clarity Generates Confidence. Welcome to this episode of Clarity Generates Confidence. We're now in season two, as if you've been listening along with us, and we're talking about moving forward in 2021. We're doing this recording in about mid-year of 2021, and we can begin to see things that are changing. We can begin to see the number of vaccines that are happening around the world, particularly here in North America, continuing to expand and opening up. As of this point in time, even the border between Canada and the United States, I'm up in Canada. Dino Watt, who's joining us today and delighted to have him, is in the United States. So Dino is the founder of Dino Watt Consulting. And Dino, thank you very much for joining us. I'm delighted to have you with us today. Hey, I'm thrilled to be here, Gary. Thank you so much for having me. Dino and I know each other as from Strategic Coach. I've been a coach there now for 25 years, and Dino's joined the program. And we hit it off right away. For those of you who understand the, the Colby score about Conative, that he says we're with brothers, maybe one or two points off. So if the conversation goes a little off track every now and again, that's because both of us are kind of prone that way. But so, Dino, appreciate having you in here. And how did you get your business going, Dino? Let's maybe a little bit of background for our audience, please. Well, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I, I was that kid at school that was like, there's no way I could ever be in a cubicle. However, I grew up doing concrete contractor work with my stepdad. And I also knew I didn't want to work in that element either. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of great skill sets. And I wanted to be an actor. That was my whole goal. I wanted to be a performer in Hollywood. I was moving there. I was a dancer growing up. And after having kids, and I, I dabbled in that for a little bit, but after having kids and not being home for quite a while after being on a show, I realized that my dream of being a father and being an alert father and an available father was more important than the dream of being a performer. So I got out of that. One day I was doing some, been doing some real estate investing. I saw a gentleman on stage talking about taxes and he was incredibly funny and entertaining and I had this aha moment by while I was sitting in the audience and I said, oh, he's performing on a stage and I'm in the audience and he's going to get paid. I could totally do that and I could still be performing. And so I did whatever I could. I found everybody that would talk to me about how to speak from the stage and how to teach. And I ran into a couple of different people, but one company, I, like I said, I was involved in real estate investing was looking for some coaches on helping people transition out of their life into being a real estate investor. I started to do that, combine that with the speaking, and I found out I was really good at just helping people with their problems, dissecting some of their challenges that maybe they couldn't see, giving them unique and different ideas on how to be better, especially in their business. I, I'm a firm believer that the way you are in any relationship is the way you are as a leader. And I would help people be better leaders, be better communicators. And it just kind of snowballed from there. I always love this because I learned so much about people. I feel I know, but certainly don't know all their backgrounds. And well, that really puts a lot of sense to your PhD, your passionate husband and dad that you do up on the website. So that's kind of cool to come up with that too. Well, I, I live in the world of doctors, right? So I deal... I, really roundabout way I became known in the orthodontic and dental space. And it's a little intimidating when you're first talking to people and they've got all these, you know, letters after their name. And I barely graduated high school, right? I have dyslexia. I was not the studious person. I got through school because I made really good relationships with my teachers and I was really smart about the classes I took. And so I thought, man, how do I, 
how do I give some sort of credibility? And that came on kind of early on. And I am, I'm very passionate about being a dad and especially a husband. I just enjoy it a lot. So I was like, you know what, what if I took that PhD and kind of turned it around and made it my own? And that's where passionate husband, dad came from. It's interesting that what you were able to do knowing yourself and knowing, say, your own limitations. And by the way, there's an awful lot of entrepreneurs who are dyslexic, by the way. And I'm, I'm probably one of them. My wife cannot trust me to read any numbers to her. I will twist them. Or I'll turn them around, which is why I love to talk to. And, and in fact, the reason why I'm a coach is I was probably a frustrated performer. They did theater when I was in high school. And I did the sound system because that's as far as I got. I think I got on stage once as a, de- as a dead person rolling out of the coffin or whatever. But I always felt I was probably frustrated. So this is why both of us get to act on our stage, right? So get to perform. And it's great. It's it's really fulfilling. I'm the same way. Like numbers are not my thing. I often tell people when I'm on stage, if I spell something incorrectly, just go with it, right? Because it's it's the Dino way of spelling something. I make the joke, but it's actually true where, you know, on Word where you're typing things out and it will give you a, a red line underneath the word to say it's misspelled. I More often than not, I will click on it and it will not have any idea what I'm talking about. Like it will not give me a suggestion. So it's, it's pretty bad. And it's something we all joke about, but you know, you you work with what you got, right? Well, you know what, Dino, that just tells me is that as I'm, I I call my writing modern script. And because I said, the only people who get paid to read it can, can read it. You know, nobody else can read it if they're not paid by me. And so when I'm, and I'm left-handed and nobody could teach me how to write left-handed back then. But you know what? It's amazing what we overcome it really, it gives a lot of resilience to the person. I think it gives you a different kind of insight when you, you can't go with the flow. Like you've, you've met, you've met me. I'm, I'm not a large person. I was very small growing up. So I couldn't play the sports that at the school that I went to, I could do some academics, but school was only a means to an end, not the, not the end in itself. And so everybody told me I'm an underachiever. Well, I said, that's fine. Cause that's your, that's your goal. That's your goal, Mark, not mine, you know? And, but it was, I think it might've must've been really frustrating for my parents. I think I measured up all right in the end for them, but you know, you just think about what you've overcome, what I'm looking at as we look for what it allows you to do. So what has that allowed you to do to see other people's situations? Because I feel there's a great difference between performing and acting an actor, which you did means you play somebody else's part. But when you're a performer, you actually have to be a, a good performer to me is one who's authentic to themselves and knows how to demonstrate that to others. And you made that transition from being an actor because you felt it was more important to perform and, but to the benefit of others. So how did, how did you make that transition, Dina? Well, it would definitely, I, I so agree with you. It's funny because I, I liked acting growing up, but it was a hard thing for me to always take on another character because I'd always throw myself in there, right? So when I found the idea of performing, of being on stage, being able to share a message that is authentically me, it just, it, it became a lot easier. I feel like there was a God-given talent that I had to help to entertain and to be comfortable on stage and to improv, but it was always actually stifled through the acting process because now I'm trying to be this other person, other thing. But once I became a performer and once I started to be able to just share my message, and it's funny because I don't talk about it as a performer very often, but it's true. I get to perform my heart. I get to perform my thoughts and my insights. And for me, as you were talking about where you see, you know, different perspective or different way of seeing things is, you know, my parents divorced when I was eight years old. I 
very clearly as an eight-year-old remember thinking to my dad being like, I can totally help you have a better marriage. Like, how are you not seeing this dad? And I grew up that way. And so I learned a lot of what I learned from seeing what not to do, not just from what to do. And those two things combined have really helped me have just a different perspective when it comes to people and their businesses and seeing things in a way that maybe they're overlooking or to be able to come in with a more creative idea that is unique and different. So it's it's been super helpful. And I'm I'm so grateful for that ability. And when you say people that, you know, maybe thought you were an underachiever, we have a story in our home that actually was with my it happened with my other two my two older brothers. I'm the middle child. That's probably another reason why I'm more active and wanting attention. But my two older brothers were given an assessment when they were in elementary school and I was probably in first grade. So they were both in like say third and fifth grade. And the high, the school administrator brought my mom in and told her based upon these assessments, don't expect her kids to be anything more than like an auto mechanic. And there's nothing wrong with auto mechanics. It's fine. But my mom did not tell us that. She was like, no way would I tell my children that. How dare you tell me I should tell my children that? And she didn't until much later in life after we had all kind of succeeded and been successful. And I'm so grateful she didn't do that. I don't know that I went through that, but we went through that with our son. Again, grade three, grade four, whatever it was. They said he's had trouble reading and writing, which I always did. And this is the psychologist. And they said, if he gets to university, he'll be okay. If he gets to university, I went ballistic, you know, and, and I don't get mad too often, but my, my family knows when I get mad, you don't want to see me get mad. Because uh, I just said, you know, I know what I'd been through and I could see what they were assessing. Well, long story short, we got them assessed again. And another psychologist going to university said, this, said the same thing. Karen had to drag me out of there because I wasn't going to pay the bill. I was <laughs> furious. Anyway, calm me down. Craig works with us. He's our VP of marketing. He does all of our writing. He does all of our social media. He's extremely articulate. And you kind of go, you know what? You guys just don't know how individuals are. And that's why I'm going to bring it back to us. I think it's really important what you do is being able to see that going through it, being able to be sensitive to what other people are seeing. I think we have to go through life learning what not to do. I say that particularly for adolescent males. We do a lot of stupid things along the way or whatever when they look back on it, but we have to learn what not to do. So let's look at this right now in the last, what's happened in the last 15, 16 months. What should people not do from your experience? Yeah, I appreciate that question a lot because I'm I'm kind of bumping up against this a little bit in my industry, which is do not go forward thinking you can forget the lessons we learned over the last year. Do not discard things like, for me in my world, virtual appointments, virtual conversations, being able to connect with people. Do not assume that it was a, a nice Band-Aid that we needed during that time. It, to me, was a huge, I don't know if warning is the right word, opportunity for sure, for people to see how they can expand and scale their business through the virtual medium. And because before COVID, I think a lot of people tried it maybe every once in a while, knew it was there, it was out there. Say, if you wanted to, if you were somebody who put on events, right? And you had uh, events like, like even with Strategic Coach, where it was like, yeah, you could, sure, you could... Uh, have it on on uh, live stream it. You can live stream it while we're here local, but most people didn't want to do that. Now people are used to doing it. It's okay to do it. So use what you learned during that time in your business. 
I think there's a lot of opportunity that's going to be moving forward for those companies that saw the last year as, okay, how do I streamline my business? How do I not have to work with as much people in my office and not have that overhead? There's so many things like that, that if we reverse course and just are so desperate to get back to pre-pandemic levels in our own business, we're missing out. I completely agree with you in the sense that I, one of the things that was really evident about what's happened and still happening now uh, is that we all experienced this all, I mean, even around the world, we all experienced this at once. And so we had a significant change in experiences and attitudes that you just cannot, you just cannot undo. That will not be undone. I, I know for me, if somebody said to me, yeah, would you try coaching vir- virtually? I'd say, yeah, sure, I'd try it. But I've actually probably done 50 or more workshops now. We have some that just started that way. And I got to tell you, uh, I like getting together, but these are working. I mean, it's working for me. Hopefully it's working for the, the groups, but we've got, we've got more than a year's experience that says, this is just not second class. This is another way to deliver. I 100% agree. And it is one of those things where you've opened up, I think, your world to a lot more people. It's funny to hear the people that I talk to who say there's an event that now we're doing online that they've wanted to go to for a while, but just could never either get it in a travel schedule or maybe even could afford to come out to it because you have the hotel, you've got the airfare, all that other stuff. And now it opens up them to being able to do it. I've been doing virtual lucky enough, especially with my clients one-on-one and my coaching programs since 2011, also through necessity because I went on a year-long road trip with my family around the country and I needed to be able to still work. So I had to transition to that and my clients were fine to do that. But when COVID hit and everything shut down, for me, it was just like, oh yeah, I know how to do that already. That was great. But I never realized how many people then have seen this as an opportunity for them to grow their business and to be able to get in connection with more people. As a matter of fact, I want to say, I believe that during one of the chats, Gary, during one of our coaching sessions, somebody had said that about they might not have ever joined coach if they had to go to the place. But now that it's virtual, it makes it a lot easier for them. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there. I've got some workshops now, three of them that are only virtual and they run for four hours as opposed to six hours that we do. But in those workshops, there are people from the Middle East, from the UK, They've been in from Africa. They've been in from Central America, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, Pakistan, India. And you go, oh my God, like, you know, these guys, some of these people get on at one o'clock in the morning. Right. One o'clock in the morning. And you go, as a, I mean, you've got to feel it too. If you're, if you're up there in front of them, you feel a hell of a lot of responsibility. An obligation is huge. An obligation for those who are going to be there all through night to you and that group. And I got to tell you, my senses are so heightened that I never had that same feeling even being in person. You know, it's funny you say that because so during right after, right towards the end of the first shutdown here in the States, I held a, an event. It was a week-long event, and it was just one hour a day for five days. It was called Selling Through the Screen Challenge. And we had 250 offices from around the world. We had people in New Zealand, Australia, the UK, and the same thing. Like These people are getting on, and I thought they just watched the replay, right? Because I, I put that out there. I knew there were some of these offices that wanted to do this. 
And I said, hey, I'm going to record it and you can watch the replay the next day. Now, we had people who were dedicated to getting on at two, three, four in the morning. I was just so touched by it. First of all, I was honored that they would do that. But second of all, you're exactly right. I felt this sense of responsibility and focus that I I'm, I'm, can't say I always have when I'm in front of people. They knew we had to up our games. Our games had to get better. When I hear people talk about, I want to go back to, that to me is like thinking about the good old days. Yep. My good old days are right ahead of me. Like I'm, it's the next day. It's the next one for sure. hundred percent. That's what I've been trying to get through. And, and I'm very fortunate that everybody who's come on has said the same thing. What happened in the past isn't going to be repeated now. We're not going to go back to the good old days. So what surprised you most about the changes and what do you think will stick? Kind of a two point. What do you think will stick as we go forward now? Because there's still a big push for people who want to go back, but I, I don't get it. But anyway. One of the things that surprised me were the people that really didn't want to pivot, that really didn't want to make the changes. And I, I had this saying when everything first started happening. Well, let me back up. So I had actually, I had my clients and because I knew that they were going to have some challenges with payroll and keeping the lights on. This was before any type of government assistance, PPP or anything was talked about. I paused all of their payments, their monthly payments to me, their retainers, because I wanted them to take care of their team members, right? But what I did is I turned on all my content even more. I was giving out content like crazy on Facebook and, and just going nuts that way. And one of the things that I was I was really surprised about was the amount of people that were so appreciative of that. But I had this saying to everybody, I said, listen, the way you come back for this will be 100% determined on the way you prepare for it now. And there were a lot of people who kind of sat back and waited. I had doctor friends of mine who I knew like shut their business down. And then when they and didn't prep and didn't do anything, when they came back, they were so far behind everybody else. And some even actually had to close their doors. It was so surprising to see the amount of people who didn't prepare and either just just kind of kind of sat by and waited until they you know everybody else told them they could go. I, I mean, there are some people who couldn't do anything, but I mean, look at how awesome restaurants in so many ways pivoted. Like, okay, restaurants who never would have done curbside pickup before or delivery all of a sudden started doing that. I think it just forced an evolution in so many of us business wise that for those who adapted. Great. I have this story that I used to tell. I have an upcoming book. And in the book I talk about four years ago, I was at, in Hawaii and I was taking one of those surfing classes. I've never surfed before. thought, hey, why not take surfing class? And the instructor said something to me that was really profound that helped me get through this, which is he said, Dino, if you are going to wait until you feel the momentum of the wave at your feet and to start paddling, you will always get beaten by the wave. You'll never catch up. You have to start paddling before you feel the wave, that momentum of the wave. You got to look behind you and be able to predict and start paddling as fast as you can, and then you'll catch that wave. And that's exactly how I felt about people in the in last year. There were people who waited until they had to or waited until somebody said it was okay. And then there were people who, when the tragedy happened, they jumped into some sort of action, something, and it helped them get through it afterwards. That's why, that's why I've looked at business. We've got to get on that. We've got to paddle hard. You don't know which the right, right one is. 
But I want to I want to come back to your point, and I, I feel this very much for practitioners, doctors, lawyers, accountants, dentists, the paramedical field, even engineers or whatever. They were never taught how to be in business. They were taught how to be a good technician, if you allow me, technician in quotation marks. Some of the people just didn't know how to do it. They were carried along by the momentum of getting into practice and maybe buying somebody's practice and having everything there. And when it all stopped, did they know what to do? Did they know how to handle themselves? So I, I have a pretty good reputation in the orthodontic space and the dental space as well. And I decided to do probably, I think we were a weekend, maybe not even a full weekend. And I reached out to some people in our industry that they call KOLs, they're key opinion leaders. They're kind of like the celebrities in orthodontics, right? They're the ones who are always going to be at the events speaking and stuff like that. And I reached out to a few of them. I said, hey, I want to do a webinar where we just get together and we talk, we talk about strategic movements, like how can we people prepare? And so I got about 12, 15 of these men and women on that would do this call. We did a Zoom call, Facebook Live type thing. And there was one doctor who, he was almost in a puddle. Like he was just like, oh, I've just been drinking pretty much for the last three days. I just drinking, thinking my whole business is gone, thinking everything. He did not know how to handle it. And there were a couple other people like that too. But the freezing of all of their momentum and business absolutely came from the fact that they were never taught how to be creative entrepreneurs. And Gary, your premise of this question is exactly why I started my business was I saw a group of people who I just couldn't believe spent so much time in school. Remember, I wasn't the greatest school person. And so that they chose to spend this much more time in school. And in doing so, these schools did not teach them business 101, let alone how to be an entrepreneur, how to deal with personnel issues, HR issues, marketing, how to actually be, you know, how to deal with the ups and downs of being a business owner. They went to school, usually came out and became an associate and then found a practice that they bought and they bought somebody else's business that let's not forget that person also did not know how to be in business. So they just repeated the same problems and challenges that the other guy before them did. And every once in a while, you do find somebody who really thinks educational, uh, entrepreneurship wise and gets educated somehow, but it's shocking. And so, yeah, you saw a lot of the, like that deer in the headlights look because they had no idea how to deal with this. And it also affected them after they came back too, by the way, because when they came back, they actually had more business than they expected. In the orthodontic space, there's not a doctor I don't know who at least ended at even, maybe a little below, but for the most part, people had like their best months ever the last quarter of the year. What do you tell them going forward now? You know, we got this, we're all coming out of this at different points in time. I still feel that we're not through the whole COVID experience, whether we get through here in North America or pockets in North America, even Canada, the US are talking about opening the borders and we have opened the borders by the time we, we get this up on the air. But other parts of the world aren't. So what do you tell these guys going forward now? How do you prepare them for those that weren't really ready to go forward? What do you, what do you tell them now, Dino? Well, the first thing that we've been talking a lot about is the idea of incorporating and mastering the way to do virtual exams. It's actually something that's very interesting because it was a little bit controversial before COVID. It was a Band-Aid during the shutdowns in COVID. But now I think more and more people are seeing the value of it. Matter of fact, Texas just uh, signed in a law that they can do uh, teledentistry, which it was 
not it was forbidden for years. And now they just did it last week. They just signed it into law. I think that's a sign of the medical industry of even the government saying, oh, we have to have other ways that these doctors can diagnose and that they can connect with potential patients and help people who maybe can't get in or don't want to come into the office. So I think using virtual is one aspect that a lot of people need to hold on to. It also is a great way to scale your business because now they can actually have, they can see patients or virtually see patients when they're not normally in office in their normal office hours. So it's, it's a big benefit. I'd say the other thing that I'm a big proponent of is exactly what we were talking about just a moment ago is the education part of it. I love being in masterminds and getting more education that's not maybe your traditional education. And I've really been kind of pounding that drum in my industry for quite a bit. They have they have study clubs and things like that. But for the most part, it's hearing from the same people over and over again or diagnosing different cases and things like that. But it's not really about diving into the, uh, the, the inner workings of being a business owner. And so I've been really promoting, hey, this should give you a, a good warning or hopefully encouragement to go out and see what other industries are doing. See how they're approaching their business. What, what are the ways that they're you know, getting new clients or hiring new people? Hiring has been a huge problem over the last six months, right? So it's been a very interesting conversation to have about see what other, let's go outside of our industry to see what else we can do. I think that makes a lot of sense because the fact that we've all had to experience this together, and I think there's far more acceptance about utilizing Zoom or virtual tools. I see my naturopath virtually for the most part. I mean, I do like to go see her because she's a, she's, a, she's a neat lady. I'll go and see her. Uh, the osteopath, I can't because he actually contorts my body all over the place. But I mean, you know, the thing is, <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I think, I think he has more fun than I do out of it. But anyway, even my own doctor, medical doctor, has done it that way. And, but I wouldn't have accepted it before. So I think it's really important that we just look at our own attitudes and what we're prepared to do now. I love being with people as you do. I'm sure we both really love doing that. But I still see an opportunity to, I burned a lot of energy over 40 years of traveling. And, uh, oh my time. gosh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, my, my assistant, Christine, who's worked with me, and she says, Gary, you've been the most productive over the last two years. Because I actually gave myself the freedom from travel in March of 2019. I finally said, I got to stop some of this. So I was, I was a little You're bit right. prepared for it. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm not sure my wife was ready for it because now you know, <laughs> I've, we've just spent more than a year together. So <laughs> she never had to deal with this before. <laughs> Gary, it's so true. My wife often is like, oh, you're gone for three days? Okay, cool. She has like a three. Now now we have no kids at home, right? So she's empty. So she's like, so what? I get I get three days to do whatever I want by myself, not have to worry about you? Yeah, yeah. I, I won't miss you. Have fun, right? And then for the last year, when it's like, hey, so so when are you going to go on another trip? When, when, when <laughs> <laughs> well, I think my wife's happy to have me around while the stores have been still shut. The stores are all opening back up here in Ontario. So I think she's just going to be fine now. <laughs> fine. <laughs> hey, Dino, this has been awesome today. And, uh, you know, we said we'd have some fun, in which we have. And we're so similar in a lot of respects. And when you get to know the backgrounds about people. But also really appreciated your insights today. And And so is there anything... That you've anything you haven't said that you might like to say as we as we wrap this up here today, please. Well, I would just like to say that on 
what you're doing here is where I think so many people can get even further education. We just talked about education and not getting what they're getting. And, and look, I'm not going to go and change any colleges anytime soon, but I appreciate that you are putting yourself out there and doing this type of series around how can we be better business owners and entrepreneurs and, you know, gosh, just citizens of the world. And it's opportunities, it's education, it's resources like this podcast, ways that people can learn more information, get any insights. So I think what you're doing here is awesome. And I, I just am honored to be a part of it. Well, Dino, it's been wonderful to have you on here. And, and I know I hopefully continue to see you come to the workshops. So we'll always keep in touch. And to all of our audience, until next time, please stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you, Dino.